On this week's prequel episode, we follow up on our beastly listener polls and preview Secretary. Hello and welcome back to another prequel episode of This Film is Like the Podcast, where we talk about movies that are based on books. We're going to get right into it, as always, with our patron shout-outs. I put up with you because your father and mother were our finest patrons, that's why. We have one new patron this week, coming in at the $15 Hugo award-winning level, our top tier, Eric Rebane. Thank you, Eric, for supporting us. If you haven't yet, make sure you get in that suggestion, that rec- what the thing you would like for us to talk about, because a uh, reminder to everybody else, at the $15 level, that's the perk you get. You get priority recommendations. So we appreciate that, Eric. Get that movie in. Can't wait to cover it. And now on to our recurring list of Academy Award-winning patrons, and they are Eric Harpo Rat, or Eric Rebane, I don't know. I think it's just Eric. I'm just going to say Eric. Okay. Harpo Rat, Nathan B., Vic Hammer, Matilde, Steve from Arizona, Paul, Teresa Schwartz, Ian from Wine Country, Winchester's Forever, Kelly Napier, Gray Hightower, Gratch, Just Gratch, Shelby is no more. That darn skag, V. Frank, and Alina Starkov. Thank you all very much, and extra special thanks to Shelby for that fantastic username <laughs> change. That, that tickled me. <laughs> Shelby is no more. Uh, thank you for continuing to support us at that $15 level. You're all the best. Katie, let's see what everybody had to say about Beastly. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Um, well, before we get to that, we actually had one. Oh, that's right, yes. We had one comment about "Never Let Me Go" that was posted like maybe an hour after we yeah. finished recording the last. And I prequel. had already like f- f- was either in the middle of editing because sometimes if that happens, I and I still have time, I will go record a yeah. thing separately. But I, I was like in the middle of editing, I think, when I saw it go up. So, um, but we wanted to go ahead and share that uh, from Kevin on Facebook. Kevin Smith. I don't know if it's the Kevin Smith. I don't think it I is. Don't I think didn't it, I check. I think it's probably not the I Kevin didn't Smith. Check. He seems like a guy that might listen to our podcast, but I don't think it's the Kevin Smith. But I didn't check. Well, if, if you're the Kevin Smith, <laughs> please reveal yourself. You can do it through a DM yes. if you'd rather. Uh, but Kevin said, I was given the book, but was given no warning on what it was about. I like that you described it as a horror that they didn't realize they were in. It's definitely bleak. In fact, the film comes off less depressing than what the book made me feel. All the unanswered questions about the society that allowed the harvesting to happen gives the novel a longevity way after you finish reading. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I will say I wanted to clarify, it wasn't us that described it as a horror that they didn't realize they were in. That was a Yeah, that was a a pull quote from a book review, I believe. Just just wanted to make sure we, you know, don't steal that that, uh, that line. Because, yes, we, but we agreed with it. But we did not, um, yeah, we did not make that novel observation. So, all right. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, Just a reminder, just a heads up for everybody. We generally record these on either Monday or Tuesday evening. Yeah. Um, in the U.S. on our schedule. Central time zone U.S. You Either Monday or Tuesday evening. It just depends on what else is going on. Um, so if you have them in by Sunday, you're definitely safe. Uh, Monday during the day, if you're in the central time zone or whatever, you're usually pretty safe. Anytime after that, you're it, it, you may <laughs> not make it into that edit. You know, you may you may miss the cutoff. So just for future reference for people. Uh, and now our feedback for Beastly. On Patreon, we had three votes for the book and three for the movie. Kelly Napier said, Disclaimer off the top, I wrote out these thoughts before I listened to the episode, so I'm repeating some of the reflections you already made. But I didn't feel like rewriting anything, so here we are. That's fine. Okay, after I finished the book, I thought it was really dumb. (laughs) Same, Kelly. Uh, I especially hated the group chat of other cursed people. Mm. But then... It's a point of disagreement. a little bit there. I mean, you that. I uh, you had it in better in the book. I liked you no, liked the idea. I of liked it. the idea. That's right. You did of it. say that it wasn't. But I thought in practice yes. it was. 
pretty bad. <laughs> That's fair. I do actually think that was the conversation we had. Now yeah. That you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Kelly went on to say, but then I watched the movie and wow, did it make the book look <laughs> like a masterpiece? I don't know if I would go that far. <laughs> This isn't a but, Fifty Shades situation quite. No, not, not quite. quite. It's not quite like Divergent series yes. level um, or Fifty Shades, but uh, similar. Yeah. similar. Um, my favorite part, when Alex Pettifer kept slipping into his natural English accent. Also, Vanessa Hudgens, love her to death, Gabrielle Montez, Gabriella Montez forever. That, That's that, her high school musical yeah, character. Okay. That's yeah. what I figured. I was just making sure. <laughs> But she is way too pretty to be the outcast she's supposed to be. In no world would someone who looks like her be unpopular in high school. To be fair, do we know that she was unpopular in the movie? We don't know that for sure she in the just, movie. No. We don't learn much we don't, about we her. We really don't. The and movie so, does not care to divulge anything interesting about her. I think her. there's definitely an implication that she's not part of like the popular crowd. Right. But I don't know if there's also much implication that she's like unpopular. She just seems like kind of an a loner like yeah. a little bit like at the party and stuff. I mean, but she's I mean, at a big we, party yeah she's at the party yeah so we don't, don't see her interact with anyone but, no but kyle but she is at, she the, is party. at the party and oh super unpopular kids don't get invited to big halloween parties i don't True. so i don't know yeah yeah but it point but still she, stands because we stands, talked about yeah that, we but, talked yes. about it and she is supposed to be unpopular in the book like right. she's kind of a nerd nobody yes. really hangs out with her talks to her etc yeah. etc um i missed kyle revealing himself to sloan first in an effort to quickly get rid of the curse from the book the movie didn't have anyone freak out about his looks which i thought was needed to have kyle prove to himself that he was hideous and no one would ever love him and it was a blink and you'll miss it moment but the explanation of why kyle left his school in the movie was given as him going to rehab. Why wasn't boarding school a good enough explanation like it was in the book? I feel like rehab would be a lot harder to explain than him just being shipped off to a boarding school by his rich ass dad. I agree with that because yeah. I do remember that moment where we see like it's like a, a post, a social media post from Sloan, yeah. like something about him being in rehab or whatever. It's crazy too because like for all that his dad is concerned about like image, image and, and whatever. Stuff, yeah. Why would you want everyone to think that your kid went to rehab? Yeah, just say boarding school the, works perfectly fine. School, yeah, yeah, he's in Switzerland or yeah, wherever. Yeah. Who cares? I also liked the inciting event to have Lindy move in with Kyle in the book over the movie. The event in the movie just seemed too far-fetched. Having Lindy's dad break into the house seemed to track more with the kind of person we know him to be. I missed the mirror. It was such a good callback to the Disney movie that the audience for this book and movie would have been recalling, and I thought it was a useful device for how Kyle keeps tabs on the outside world. And I liked Magda slash Zola and Kendra being the same person in the book. A lot of what the character as Magda slash Zola does makes more sense when you understand that she's also Kendra, who wants Kyle to break the curse when she can't do it herself. In the movie's favor, though, the soundtrack was banging. A true early 2010s, now that's what I call music, compilation. And I liked the ending setting up that the dad may get his comeuppance too. So despite the fact that it wasn't good at all, I voted for the book because it was still better than the movie. Fair enough. I think that's what you did too, right? Did no, I did a tie. Did movie? Oh, that's right. You did a tie. Yeah. I forgot. You chose the coward's way. I, didn't... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I don't do it a lot. I, know, I just I know. like sometimes... <laughs> When I'm trying to write that final verdict, I feel kind of equally queasy about choosing right. either. So I'm like, yeah, I get it. I think I have chosen a tie before. I think. You have. Yeah, yeah. Say, I think I have. Our next comment was from Nathan B, who said, I don't know which one to vote for based on quality. So I empathize with Katie. I did notice that Kyle's friend is named Trey Parker, which seems like a clear reference to South Park. In the book, or in the book, yeah. Because yeah. I don't remember. I don't know any if of we his know his name in the movie. In the movie. I don't remember. Yeah, that is his name in the book. I think the greatest failing, and that's not a low bar, of the book and the film are their attempts to justify kidnapping by the protagonist. The book, in particular, struggled to justify his obviously wrong behavior. I think this makes it clear why Beauty and the Beast tales are not usually from the perspective of the beast. It just can't be justified when you're in the beast's head. Also, the elephant in the room is that Alex Pettifer is an accused domestic abuser. 
This made my decision for me. I was unaware of that. I, I didn't know that. I, <sighs> I had heard that he was like hard to work with, like mm. kind of a nightmare I've on ne- set. Type this is the of only a guy. thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah, him I've, in. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. Like else. I, I don't even know if I'd heard of him other than like yeah. until we watched this movie. So. So I well, guess that, he's not that, getting a bunch of jobs, good. which I think is yep, good. Seems good. <laughs> it seems good, yeah. Now, I had a, a note in my reading notes about the trying to justify his obviously wrong behavior with the kidnapping. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, the, it really doesn't, you can't do it. Yeah. You kind of just got to let it wash over you. Bite the bullet on that yeah. yeah. Uh, next comment was from Shelby Is No More, who said, the movie is trash, but it's my trash. I see your criticisms of the look of the beast in this movie and raise you the CW Beauty and the Beast. He has a whole scratch on his face in that. <laughs> I don't think I've I ever seen I've never anything. Seen, is from, it like a show? Like, I don't know anything about it. Like, did they make a movie or? I would guess it was probably a show, probably short lived since neither of us has ever heard of it. Yeah. CW Beauty and the Beast. Oh no, it ran for four seasons. Why don't I remember this? It had wait, that's that's La, that's Lana Lang. Was this post Smallville? I don't know. I, it's he, got Kristen he Kirk. He does in it. have a whole scratch on his face. Yeah, he's even more handsome. That's than hilarious. Kyle is. He's it, it's He's literally just got one yeah, time. He's, he's got a like a dude. Geralt of Rivia he's scar. Dude, he look, he's like it's like uh, Geralt of Rivia could never find love. All right, okay. Yeah, right, that's sure. post. That's post Smallville. Uh, uh, Kristen Kirk played Belle. Interesting. Maybe we should watch that. I don't think we should. <laughs> if we're watching anything from the CW, we're watching Smallville. Okay. Smallville's great. And by great, I mean I liked it when I was 12 or whenever it came out. So. Okay. All right. Oh, Shelby went on to say he has a whole scratch on his face in that. So beastly that the actor went on to play the absurdly hot guy in It Chapter 2. I don't have a problem with them casting Vanessa Hudgens in this movie. The fairy tale is called Beauty and the Beast, after all. There's a whole song in the Disney movie about how Belle is both hot and quirky. I'd say that sums up Vanessa Hudgens' character in this movie. The issue isn't that. The issue is because yeah, Belle is traditionally like yeah, her name's Beauty. Tr- like, there are other like retellings where yes. she's not beautiful, yes. but but you were you were more so comparing it to like because the plot in the book and yeah. then even by extension, somewhat in the movie is that yeah, she's because like, the whole idea in the book is that she's not hot yeah she's not like conventionally attractive yeah she's not kind of woman that he or girl that he would yeah he's not the kind of girl that he would typically go after and the movie i think attempts to transpose that like directly while also casting a conventionally hot person as bell so like to me the like the dissonance there does not work quite work um, also, I don't know if I would sum up her character as both hot and quirky in this movie. We don't really know anything about her other than she that she likes juju fruit. That's true. Yeah, we don't know. She likes well, she does like weird poetry. I say weird poetry. She likes that one poem. Yeah, she likes that Coca-Cola. one poem and juju fruit. Because we don't we really we don't, really don't we don't really know don't about know her. anything about her. Maybe she's quirky. Maybe she's just really boring. Yeah. We don't know. We have no idea. Uh, the fairy tales about the beast learning that hot people don't have to be shallow or something, isn't it? That's one of the reasons this fairy tale doesn't really do anything for me. Maybe the curse should also make him see everyone as a beast like him, and that way he has to learn to see beyond looks. Is that... Is, is him learning that hot people don't have to be shallow part of his story? It's more so about him learning... I mean, to not be shallow. In, not that hot yeah, people in, in this version of it, he's learning to not be shallow, which is not necessarily aligned with the majority of like Beauty and the Beast iterations. I mean, the Disney one is a similar. Well, it's not that exactly, but that is yeah, part of what the, the reason he gets like cursed. Part of it. Yeah, but it's not like the main thing because that isn't like his ultimate 
It's not his it's not his like main central flaw. His central flaw is just that he's an asshole. Yeah. Right? And it expresses itself kind of as shallow. Yeah, like and and especially like in that moment when yes. the old hag knocks right. on the door, it expresses itself as like shallowness and vanity. Yeah. Yes, but it's just that he's a jerk and sucks. Yeah. 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 Yeah, ultimately. But this like this particular iteration of Beauty and the Beast chooses to focus like like zoom way more in on like the shallow and the vanity and the yes that type of thing yeah the uh, next comment was from eric who said no thoughts just super amped you guys chose to look at this hilarious adaptation i did prefer the book that's a thought you already <laughs> said no thoughts and now you're here providing thoughts eric <laughs> i did prefer the book kyle's inner monologue and chat conversations were so deliciously emo I also enjoyed having more time to understand the characters, their growing relationship, and the much more nuanced character for the witch. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And our last comment on Patreon was from Matilde, who said, I didn't vote since I didn't read the book and barely made it five minutes into the movie. <laughs> Fair enough. I even tried to just have it in the background as I fell asleep and I couldn't bear it. I, this is a terrible movie to fall asleep to. Yes. It's, it's loud oh, God, no. and frenetically paced. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Like that first song blasted no, on. And just, yeah, the first like, 20 minutes in the movie. We both jumped like a foot in the air. Yeah, and, the and then it's just started. nonstop like, blah, 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 like, like <laughs> people like giving speeches and like parties and like it's just like yeah. Yeah, chaos for the first 20 minutes. Um, apparently, I have an annoyance limit. And that pacing and terrible dialogue is it. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed both Brian's ending and Katie's suggestion of friendship love being able to reverse the curse. They reminded me of Shrek and Maleficent, and if those movies pulled it off, surely Beastly could have done it too. It would have made it a worthwhile adaptation of Beauty and the Beast. We have another comment about that. We'll yeah, get, we in do. In just a second here, we'll get, to, we'll get to that. I have a bone to pick with the Beast look too. If the 80s TV show could make an acceptable live version of a Beast costume on their budget, this version has no excuse. Let's be real, they just didn't want to uglify their actor too much and turn off their potential audience. I think that's probably Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. dead Which center. is what you kind of, you touched on that. And then yeah. you said like they didn't want to, and, and like the, the, like making him a Beast and like the weird like bestiality stuff and whatever. And yeah, I think that is the main reason. That they decided to do that instead of making him a, a werewolf man. <laughs> oh, over on Facebook, we had three votes for the book and zero for the movie. Sarah said, I haven't read or watched this one, but just wanted to make a comment on the opinion that the main character should have stayed as his quote unquote beast form instead of his original look after the curse was broken. This is exactly what happens in Shrek. Fiona was upset that she didn't turn back after the curse was broken. And Shrek tells her that she's still beautiful and they live happily ever after. So this is the one that, yeah, that I was talking about. And I can't believe I forgot about that. That, that yeah. basically is that, that. That is how Shrek ends. I forgot. We, I mean, we've done Shrek on the show. I just, it's been years and years now. And I, yeah, I just forgot that that is what happens in Shrek. Um, but yeah, that, and I think it works really well. It's a mm -hmm. good ending for Shrek. And I think it would have worked here. Yeah. Just because Shrek did it doesn't mean you can't do it. As is evidenced of a million movies <laughs> who tried to be Shrek after Shrek came out. Our next comment was from Crystal J, who said, A few years ago, a friend gave the book to me so I could read it and then watch the movie. She's really into anything Beauty and the Beast related, and she knows I'm a fan of retellings. Shout out to Ever After. I share this because when I saw that you guys were doing this one, I remembered that I've read and watched it before, but I could not for the life of me remember anything about it. A quick rewatch and reread made me realize why. It's mediocre. Not good, but not really horrible. If a shrug was a movie. I yeah. That's a great way to sum it up, because I agree. And that's kind of what we landed on. We thought there was stuff that worked in the movie. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't like completely terrible all the way through. Yeah. Uh, but just like a lot of but It problems. was a lot of problems and like pretty clearly trying to capitalize on current trends and not doing a very good job. I would amend that slightly to maybe to say if a grimace was a movie because there's a little bit more judgment there yeah. but it's still not like <laughs> you know it's yeah. still not like it's super like awful it's just like oh god all right i guess <laughs> you know like a grimace was a movie but yes yeah, sure it's good for you. my vote will be for the book i guess <laughs> 
<laughs> resounding statement <laughs> from Crystal. I like the idea of him talking to the other fairy tale characters, even if the author didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, that was pretty yep. much how I felt about it. Our last comment on Facebook was from Crystal C. Two crystals. I know, two crystals. I don't usually <laughs> have to tack on last initials. Uh, Crystal C said, I completely forgot about this book and movie until this last episode. I was 11 when it came out, and it was the hottest must-see movie of the year. <laughs> was it? <laughs> Maybe if Maybe you were 11. At I don't time, know. Yeah. I was in college when yeah, it came I out, say, so I, I would not have considered it the hottest <laughs> must-see movie of the year. Um, clearly not aged well since, but hilarious to hear you two talk about it. That does make sense, though. That is the age, you know, that preteen, yeah. like mid-teen yeah. range would have been, yeah, who it was popular with. So Yeah, this is the tween to young yes. teen yeah. uh, demographic for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, over on Instagram, we had one vote for the book, one for the movie, and one listener who couldn't decide. MMR7997 said, I haven't read the book, but I'd pick the movie for Neil Patrick Harris. You'd be wrong. I, is this the project? <laughs> this is not go, the one. To go to bat for Neil Patrick no. Harris on, though. I, I, I don't have any strong feelings on Neil Patrick Harris. I get why people like him. Yeah. He's a you I, know, talented I, I thought he was really enjoyable as what you might call it in Lemony Snicket, the TV yeah, series. Yeah, I thought, yeah, uh, yeah. That well, was he did Count a good Olaf. job. I thought that. he was yeah. a good Count Olaf without I didn't read the books, but um, this I, movie no, though. This is not the one where I would again I've I've seen other things I enjoyed Neil Patrick Harrison and stuff like that, but yeah, this is this is this ain't it. <laughs> this ain't the one. <laughs> But if you have strong, if you enjoy him overall, you know, maybe you still find. I, I don't know if I could watch like Brendan Fraser and something and not like him, not like him in the movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen a thing that I've with Brendan Fraser that I've disliked him in. So our next comment was from Georgie, who said, didn't read the book, but I did watch the movie and had a great time. So I'm voting movie. I'm disappointed I didn't encounter it earlier because middle school Georgie would have <laughs> properly appreciated it. But it's probably the good thing of the movie. Good thing the movie wasn't an influence on my developing brain. <laughs> fair, fair. fair enough. As an adult, I'm still team Kyle is hotter with the tattoos and body mods. Except, is it just me or do his eyebrows say "embrace suck" in his cursed form? We have, uh, we have a note on that momentarily, too. and I actually yeah. saw the note we have on it. I actually saw when I was doing like looking at stuff for the prequel. I just didn't mention it because yeah. I didn't, I didn't really know what it meant or like what the context <laughs> was, so I just didn't include it. But yes, uh, we'll get to that momentarily with another comment. Yeah. Uh, but you are correct. Yes. Uh, and we'll talk about that more in a second. Yeah. And I don't think you're alone in appreciate and preferring uh, tattooed and body modded, Kyle. Definitely not. Our next comment was from Anal Fracture 42. Fantastic. Who said, I like to torture myself with stuff that is at least entertaining. A parentheses, good, bad. Mm -hmm. But I adore you talking about these films and books, of course. Fantastic. I'm glad it was glad it <laughs> glad was entertaining. Uh, last comment on Instagram was from Young Melissa, mm -hmm. uh, who said, all caps, <laughs> Brian, why did you ever dip pizza crust in milk? Crying emoji. <laughs> and like, are we talking thick crust, frozen pizza, all kinds? I have questions. All right, let me defend myself here. And by defend myself, I mean just explain. Um, <clears throat> this is the only comment we got about this, which is funny. Because yeah. I actually wasn't sure if this was a thing. This is one of those things that I didn't know if this was a thing other people did. Like it could, it felt like to me like it could just be a weird Midwest thing, but I was. It doesn't. I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think so. So I don't remember if my my brothers did it, like my older brothers, or I, I have a vague memory that one of my brother's friends did it, and that's why I started doing it. I can't recall. Um, but to answer your questions, uh, it, basically any pizza, but but like a, any like normal crust, like hand tossed style crust pizza. Where there's like, actually like, like a squishy like like, crust, like, like crust. think like a Papa John's like mm -hmm. type or whatever. Um, not like a deep dish, not like emos. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Nothing like that. It, just like yeah, like a like where 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 when you get done, you have basically a breadstick left. Essentially, is is what I would do it with. As to why, like I said, I think just I saw some, like one of my brothers or brother's friends or something. Cool older kid. Maybe. I don't know. And I started doing it and I, I, was, I, I, I will argue this. I remember it being tasty. I will also say this. I haven't done it in 
I don't remember. I, I stopped yeah. doing it like as a child, I think. Like I was maybe into high school, maybe. Um, but I it's been over yeah <laughs> over well, we, were 20 talking, years. we were talking about this last night and i posited that you probably stopped doing it around the same time you stopped pouring a glass of milk that, to have with your pizza that would have been a big thing is that yes eventually i stopped having milk with every single meal yeah uh i'm a water person now i have water with every meal primarily and and have been for you know at least a decade now but um yeah, there was there was a period, you know, uh, growing up, uh, milk with every meal. You yeah. grew up like this. You had yeah. milk with, especially dinner, uh, breakfast and dinner at least, and lunch, honestly, because at school, yeah, at school milk. you get milk, you milk with your breakfast, yeah. milk with your lunch, milk with your dinner. We've just got really good strong bones out here. I am a huge milk drinker, always have been, still am, uh, still drink a lot of milk. But yes, I don't dip my pizza crust in it anymore, and like I haven't for a long time. But I, I. I liked it and I I don't like it was vaguely look I'll defend it so far as to say this it's it's a dairy product just like dipping it in garlic sauce without the garlic <laughs> and the salt and the other stuff. Well, you said that last night when we were talking about <laughs> this and I lost my mind. It's, it's exactly like garlic sauce except it's not garlic sauce at all. Look just try it before you knock it that's all I'll say. There's lots of weird food combinations that I enjoy that I say lots. There's a few. Uh, another one you want to want to weird might as well lump on. Make yourself a plain bagel with peanut butter and cream cheese. Report back to me. It's delicious. Mm. It's incredible. If you like those things, if you don't like those things, you're not going to like it. But if you like peanut butter, I mean, that's basically a, what is that, a, a I, fluffer I, butter I like all of those things separately, but I I, I don't like. The idea, because when you put peanut butter on a bagel, it gets really warm and melty. Oh and yeah, cream cheese kind of does you, not. You gotta do let that. it cool. Well, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, you got You can toast it, but then you let it cool down bagel. a little bit so that it's not like hot when you put the peanut butter and stuff on. But anyways, uh, that was the thing. I I still eat that occasionally. Yeah, um, not yeah, a lot, do. but occasionally. It's delicious. That's a thing. That's a thing. That's a fluffer butter. Yeah, is that's that. a thing. Uh, maybe not on a bagel, but it's the same idea. Like whatever. Um, so or no, All that's right. with that's with marshmallow cream and yeah, I was gonna say butter. that's marshmallow cream. I don't it? know the the peanut butter and whipped cream or uh, uh, cream cheese thing is I think something my dad used to do. I can't remember. Anyways, look. All right, I'm from the Midwest. We eat weird <laughs> stuff sometimes. But <laughs> that co that comment was my cousin Melissa. Yes. She's also from the Midwest, as am I. Yeah, well, some of us are more from the Midwest, all right? Okay. <laughs> some of that, like, weirder, like, stuff that, mm -hmm. like, the regional stuff, I think has died out more, especially yes. in the internet yeah. age, as, like, culture has more kind of homogenized yes, a little bit. Yes, that is true. I don't think there's as much of that kind of, and not that there's none, but just, I don't think there's as much of that weird, like, regional mm -hmm. specific, like, little things that people yes, did. Because they stopped doing Got Milk ads. <laughs> So my point was that yeah, I don't. I was thinking maybe somebody a little bit younger, like uh, from the uh, a generation removed from us, might not have as much of the. Oh uh, yeah, she's not a uh, she's not a full generation yeah, removed point, from us. Fair, fair enough. Anyways, uh, anyway, over on threads, we had no comments, but we did get our our single vote that we get every time. Yep, uh, one vote for the book and zero for the movie. And on Goodreads, we had one vote for the book, zero from the movie, and we have a comment from Miko. And Miko said, I think the fact that I cannot remember a book on this podcast that was harder to find than Beastly <laughs> tells something about That's its quality. That's fascinating, because we've done some, a couple Yeah, we've, we've done ones. some some stuff that I felt like was more obscure. Um, <clears throat> but Miko went on to say, it's virtually absent from my entire country. I was surprised to learn the author was a 40-year-old woman. For some reason, I imagined this to be another divergent situation and this to be someone's first foray into writing a novel. It does feel like that. It does. But maybe stuff like You Cannot Fall in Love Online should have been a hint of an older author. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, point in, uh, evidence point, point number point, one point being the, the host of your podcast <laughs> here. <laughs> I guess we didn't fall in love online, but we met online. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> we, we became interested online yes. at the very least. Yeah. Um, I didn't quite get where on the fantasy realism scale the world of the book is supposed to sit. I kind of had similar problems with the world building. It's a little squishy. Yeah. 
We have chat rooms with mermaids and manimals that Kyle finds with no problem, but otherwise everything seems normal. I think it takes away from the story a bit when the beast has a support group that can actually understand what he's going through. Hmm. Especially as the chat doesn't seem to contribute anything. That is a super good point. <laughs> I was almost expecting the chat room to be revealed as a role-playing site. That would have been very I, funny. That would have been a great That would have pleased me so much. Yeah, he's just in like a... Like, a, yeah, uh, like, a, like a pouring fan. his heart and yeah. soul out. And then it turns out like he meets up with one of the... Like he finally like gets like yeah. works up the courage to meet up with like... He's like, oh, you're actually in New York too? Oh, we should meet up for coffee. And they go meet up and it's just like a, a normal like kid. And they're like, wait, oh, you're for real? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> it's like this awkward... That would have been... Because that actually would have been a big like interesting character moment too. Yeah. You have to like deal with the fact that like... Oh, I really am I alone. I really am yeah. like, the, yeah, 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 that yeah. this is only happening. I don't know. That might have been interesting in its own way. Um, but it also would have been very funny for it to be. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he ended up on a, yeah, a role-playing website. Um, Miko went on to say, I think I'm leaning ever so slightly towards the book. By copying the fairy tale, the book has a better through line than the movie. For example, the book handles Kyle's new appearance, the reason for Lindy's kidnapping, and the ending better. But at the same time, it's still not good. It's sometimes trying way too hard to bring elements from the fairy tale to the story. However, they still are better done than in the movie. For example, in the book, Kyle has pre-existing interests, like the greenhouse, that tie into the creepy romance instead of him just copying Lindy's interests. Trying to decide which version was better really made me ask a bunch of new questions. Like, is watching you sleep through a magic mirror better or worse than actually following you around from the shadows? I think I there is a toss-up. It's coin toss yeah, there. feel equally bad to me. <laughs> the movie feels like it took an already mediocre story and due to low budget messed it up even more. The movie made some good improvements too, but I'll still give my vote to the book. I like etymology, so I had to check the definitions of the names given in the book. There doesn't seem to be any credible source hmm. for Adrian meaning dark one, only a couple baby name websites. Which, yeah, which she, and, and Alex Flint absolutely went to a, went baby, to a name baby name website. I was like, oh, that's what that means. Yeah, yeah, I didn't actually do much research beyond that yeah. <laughs> to confirm. <laughs> it really refers to someone from the Adriatic Sea that got its name from the Illyrian Adur, Adur meaning water or sea. Hmm. And Kyle doesn't mean handsome, as the book also states. Sorry, GB or BB <laughs> Kyle, but a narrow strait, even to this day in Scotland. Hmm. Seems like while doing research on the various versions of the fairy tale, Alex Flynn disregarded other yeah, research. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. surprise me. Also, I don't know if you noticed <laughs> while watching, but Kyle has embrace and suck tattooed on his eyebrows in fake Arabic. Yes, yeah. uh, which is what our other commenter mentioned and was something that I saw. Um, yeah. Uh, and I didn't really pay attention to it because I forgot I about it while we were watching the movie. I didn't notice it so much in the movie because it's not like super, like they're not huge or yeah. anything. And it is written in this like, yeah, it's like, like a, it kind of, yeah, it kind of looks like an Arabic like script or like, or kind of, kind of, kind of like a, like a Middle Earth yes kind of yes it reminded font. me of like a scripty yeah like like uh what is the 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 ancient elven for that's yeah. on the ring or whatever kind yeah. of yeah or the something. black language yeah, of the mordor black, the black tongue of mordor yeah <laughs> yeah or something like yeah. that yeah it, it, it definitely has a yeah yeah i and i i just didn't I, it's funny because yeah. i even knew that and i still didn't really like pay attention yeah it's or not like super obvious while you're watching the movie but if you look up a like picture the of him, like the, yeah, the boy, photos, yeah. is it obvious yeah. that his eyebrows say embrace suck? And I really think they missed an opportunity to give him a unibrow with the word the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible. What was our final vote here? Our final tally uh, winner was the book with nine votes to the movie's four, plus our one listener who couldn't decide. There you go. Uh, the movie. No, the book, the book is the winner. Yeah, book. Uh, well, it was pretty decisive victory. Nah, but not like not, not like, like a huge. But yeah, yeah, pretty. I mean, more got more than twice as many votes. So yeah, definitely, definitely won handily. 
Uh, we also wanted to mention we 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 watch or I also wanted to mention we we watched the we finally watched the Jenny Nicholson video on this. Yeah, this <laughs> whole had, episode was a ploy so we could watch. We could Jenny's finally Nicholson watch Jenny Nicholson's video, video about Beastly, and it was funny because we actually disagreed with like quite a bit in it mm-hmm. uh, with her. Like there was obviously quite a few things that we agreed with a lot, but like more I disagreed. I remember us like turning to each other more times yeah. than normal, being like, yeah. I don't agree with yeah, that at all. Yeah, <laughs> like there, I don't remember well, all she the specifics. Had, she but, had like some criticisms of like the performances yeah. that i thought were not like i thought the performances were mostly, mostly okay and, and like the chemistry she thought they had like terrible chemistry yeah. and that um i thought their chemistry was fine yeah she said something about like neil patrick harris being good and i was like disagreed I was with bad. that i thought he was terrible <laughs> like again i think it was more his yeah. dialogue I think than him. He, yeah he didn't have a lot to work but, with yeah there, there was just a handful of things that i thought was it was fascinating to, to see somebody you know have kind of a pretty different perspective yeah. on it um but if you if you're craving more beastly yes. content yeah. um go give, fun yeah, give that a watch the fu- the funnest thing in it i think was that she talked about all of the tie-in merch that they made yes which included a video game and yes. the discussion of that was that was a lot hysterical of yes that was very good all right uh we do not have a learning thing segment this week because we had quite a bit of feedback and whatnot so we're going to get right into our book facts about secretary I have never had a job before, but I can assure you that I am very excited about this opportunity. All I need is a typist who can answer the phone. You have reached the office of Mr. Edward Gray. (laughs) It's very dull work. I like dull work. I'm not here. How'd it go? I got it. letter has three typing errors in it. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm... Type it again. This needs more sugar. Six copies of these. What is wrong with you? You can get a much bigger voice out of that tiny throat. This is the office of Mr. E. Edward Gray. <laughs> Secretary is a short story that appears in American author Mary Gateskill's short story collection, Bad Behavior, which was published in 1988. Um, Gateskill is a pretty established writer now, but she uh, struggled to find a publisher for about four years before that first book, Bad Behavior, was published. Uh, The collection contains nine short stories, which explore themes of sexuality, romance, love, sex work, sadomasochism, drug addiction, being a writer in New York City, and living in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, writers in New York City really do like... They, they love really it. love exploring being a writer in New York City. Yeah. A secretary, specifically, uh, explores themes of BDSM and psychological aspects of dominance and submission in sexual relationships. It is the only story in the collection that's written in first-person perspective, mm. which I thought was interesting. Um, Gateskill actually revisited Secretary in 2023, uh, according to Wikipedia, not as a sequel, but as a retelling. Like she did like another go oh, at it. Okay. Um, it was published in The New Yorker uh, in March of 2023. And this uh, second version continues. This is what Wikipedia says. Continues with the main character visiting, revisiting her employer after several decades. Um, that sounds like so, a sequel. Yeah, I was gonna. Like, I have not read this. <laughs> it sounds like a sequel to yeah. me, unless she like rewrote the whole thing and then like wrote more at the end. I guess hmm. I don't know. I would be interested to find out more about that because based on that description, it sounds like a sequel. Maybe it's maybe it's kind of both in the sense that it's the same character going back in like a modern time, but then a lot of the events are similar but then yeah. examined through a different like lens uh, maybe probably or something i don't know at least close to was it what it is in an interview for the new yorker uh gateskill explained what the main character feels saying quote the me too movement though it's not explicitly named has caused her to look back and think about her experience differently in a perverse way what the lawyer did awakened her and made her fear feel more alive than before or since but that aliveness came at a heavy price. So interesting. Yeah, because I will say that, that I know nothing about this story. Uh, I say I don't want to say I know nothing. 
I know that it's about a secretary who enters into a BDSM relationship with her boss or whatever. Yeah. So that's, but that's the extent of what I know, which seems heavy for yeah. uh, kind of, you know, uh, analysis through that lens of like the Me Too movement and like the power dynamics of that kind of thing and like the problematic nature of it and stuff like that. And like, um, it sounds like she wanted to kind of come back yeah. and re-examine it now. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, so that is interesting, uh, but yeah, it doesn't sound. It sounds more like a sequel. It does than a, a retelling. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. uh, my last note here: uh, Gateskill has characterized the 2002 film adaptation as "quote the pretty woman version, heavy on the charm and a little too nice." Okay. So, um, based on some of what I've read, I have not read the short story yet. Yeah. Um, the movie I saw was described as like a comedy. Uh, I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, it's like I think like kind of like on, a romantic online, comedy, kind of. Um, kind of I and think. so I'm feeling like based on what I saw about the short story, I feel like there might be a tonal difference. Yeah, between these could be interesting potentially. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of that movie, let's learn a little bit more about that right now. I'm the type of guy who wants to get married and have a kid. <laughs> If you need any more typing, I can come back later. Thank you, Miss Holloway. Good night. Come into my office. Finally. This isn't just about typos. It's your behavior. What about my behavior? It's very bad. I'm very fond of you. I'm your secretary. If we can fully experience pain, we can live a more meaningful life. <laughs> He's the best. Bathing? Something sexual. There are other ways to show your feelings. We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? Secretary is a 2002 film directed by Steven Shainberg, known for The Prom, Hit Me, and Rupture. It's written by Aaron Cressida Wilson, who wrote Chloe, Men, Women, and Children, The Girl on the Train, and a, supposedly is currently working on the live-action uh, Snow White script with Geta Gerwig. Is that the, the Disney one, or yes. is that a different one? Okay. No, the Disney's, like, they're working on, like, a live-action... So well, I like, knew that. I thought it was like further along than that, though. Like, oh, well, she's sorry. Filming. When I say working on, I guess, yes, it's true. It's not out yet. So I I, I right. forgot that they were. Yeah, you're right. Because they've been like. Yeah, yeah. She's credited as the screenwriter with okay. Greta Gerwig. So I gotcha. Uh, you're right. I I forgot that yeah, that was further along in the because they yeah, like did reshoots and like all big, the. Yeah, there yeah, was yeah. that whole big hullabaloo with the. With, with the well, when with. um what's her name who's playing snow white oh yeah um, there was like a whole big thing where she said she like didn't like the character and right. everybody got upset about yeah, it yeah, yeah whatever right right yeah i forgot that that was much further along <laughs> yeah I, yes absolutely yes but she's she apparently co-wrote it with greta gerwig interesting the film stars james spader maggie gyllenhaal jeremy davies patrick Bacow, stephen mccaddy Oz Perkins, Jessica Tuck, Amy Locaine, and Leslie Ann Warren. The film has a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 63% on Metacritic, and a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, and I like to imagine that keeping that IMDb score at a 6.9 out of 10 has been a massive group effort, group <laughs> effort by nice. the fans of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine that it's a fun little game that everybody is mutually engaging in. The film made $9.3 million against a budget of $4 million. Director Steven Shainberg stated that he wanted to show a BDSM relationship that was normal and normalized, and he was inspired by the film My Beautiful Laundrette, uh, which he felt normalized gay relationships in the 80s, which I've never heard of that movie. Me either. Um, but I guess it's about a gay romance, and he thought that was kind of like a pioneering film in hmm. depicting gay romance on film and decided that he wanted to do the same for BDSM with this movie. Uh, so then getting into some some kind of interesting production fun notes, uh, there's apparently one instance while filming th this movie where they got the wrong rights for the wrong park to film. Uh, and so they decided to just shoot it really quickly. Like Maggie Gyllenhaal was apparently like, no, we'll just shoot this scene real quick. While some of the crew members distracted the police who were like, Hey, mm -hmm. where are your permits? Blah, blah, blah. And they just like hurriedly shot the film or shot the scene while that was happening, which seems unlikely to me, Yeah, but not impossible. But, uh, yeah. Uh, unlikely, but not impossible. More impossible today or more unlikely today than, you know, 
25 years ago or whatever when this was filmed, but still seems, I don't know. Cause like when it comes out, you could still run into issue. I don't know. Anyways, this is a story that I saw. Production designer on this film's name was Amy Danger, uh, who designed the entire, yeah, this is a great name. And she designed the office very specifically, mm-hmm. like the office set where a lot of this movie takes place, which is in um, James Spader's office talking kind of about her process uh, and about, about like the movie as a whole. She said with, with this S and M material, we could go into a dark place, but Steve and I wanted the total opposite. Steve's the director uh, that the nature of this relationship freed the characters to be their natural selves. Um, and also uh, I found some stuff that I didn't include specifics here that um, one of the big things they did in the design of this film was that they, the the office has a lot of natural stuff in it. There's lots of like bamboo and wood and leather mm-hmm. and like very natural things um, to contrast. Like a lot of times when she's out it, outside of the office, it's all like very like artificial and faked mm-hmm. to kind of present these like dichotomy of these two locations of like this is where it's like she's free and blah, blah, blah or whatever uh, in the office versus in the rest of the world, that kind of thing. Interesting. So look out for that in the set design. But yeah, they built this whole set of The Office uh, specifically for the film. Uh, so getting into some IMDb trivia. So who who knows uh, how true any of it is. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal in, in an interview about this film called her role in the film, quote, the first time that I was given a role where I could express something about myself, uh, going on to say that um, taking this role was an opportunity to, quote, explore something that's on the edge of what I know about myself but with the protection of fiction, end quote. Hmm. Uh, so there's a pretty well-known poster for this movie, if you've seen it, which mm-hmm. is just a woman bending over in a short skirt, yeah, uh, like grabbing her ankles. But Maggie Gyllenhaal has said that that is not her. Um, she did not pose for that poster. Um, but apparently, according to her, the person who did pose for it was dating her ex-boyfriend. Hmm. <laughs> so a woman who was dating hmm. Maggie Gyllenhaal's ex-boyfriend. That's an interesting... A weird, random... Six yeah. degrees of separation kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another fun fact, casting fact, uh, supposedly Gwyneth Paltrow was originally cast in the role of Lee Holloway, which is Maggie Gyllenhaal's role, which... Hmm. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Uh, and then finally, getting to a couple reviews... Uh, there weren't a ton that I that I searched down, but I got a couple here. Uh, Ain't It Cool News said, quote, perhaps there is something bold about saying that pain can bring healing as long as it's applied by the right hand. But even that seems obvious and even normal, thanks to Gyllenhaal. So praising uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's performance. And then lastly, I found I went and found Roger Ebert's uh, review for this film on his website. Uh, he gave the film three out of four stars, saying mm. that the film, quote, approaches the tricky subject with a stealthy tread sorry, with a stealthy tread, avoiding the dangers of making it either too offensive or too funny, end quote. I went to and read his whole review, or not his whole review, but like skimmed through his whole review yeah. on his website. And I always forget that so much of Roger Ebert's reviews are just like nothing. Like he had, I'm, I'm not trying to criticize it. Like so much of his reviews are just like facts about the movie and yeah. aren't really analysis of the f- on, on his website like his written reviews i think on like the tv show and stuff he did he went into more de- detail about like what he liked blah blah blah. but a lot of his reviews it, it's very interesting are, are sort of just like a list of facts about the movie kind of yeah <laughs> in a way like the the first paragraph usually has like this the, this line is from like the first sentence of the review and then, like, the final paragraph has, like, also some, like, analysis and, like, his thoughts. And then the rest of it's just, like, these are things that happen and people that are in it. And, like, it's, like, I don't know. They're very interesting. Hmm. If you've never, like, really sat and read Roger Ebert's reviews, they're kind of fascinating in a way. But, yes, that's uh, that's all we have there for that Uh before we wrap up, we want to remind you, you can do us a giant favor by heading over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads, any of those old places, threads, wherever. Uh, follow us, like us, subscribe to us uh, so we can get your interaction, see what you have to say, all that good stuff. You can drop us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of those places. Also, ding, 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 we are on YouTube now. Uh, the entire podcast has been published to YouTube, uh, with the exception of five prequel episodes that are uh, copyright uh claimed and thus prohibited but only in like russia and uh, like one in australia it's most of our audience will be able to listen to every episode and the rest of our audience will be able to listen to every episode except like five prequels so yeah there you go it's on youtube if you if that's a, a way you would prefer to um 
to, to consume our podcast. You can do that. Uh, and then finally, if you want to support us, as always, you can head over to patreon.com slash this film is lit uh, and, you know, support us there. We'd really appreciate it. And if you support us at the $15 and up level, you get access to priority recommendation. And this one was, in fact, a priority recommendation from. Yeah, this was a recommendation from Matilde. There you go. Thank you, Matilde. Katie, where can people watch? Secretary. Well, as always, you can check with your local library or a local video rental store if you still have one of those. Uh, withstanding that, you can stream this with a subscription on Tubi Mubi. <laughs> Every week I learn a new streaming service. Right, yeah. Um, Plex or Freevee. Also, I believe on Tubi, it's just you don't need a subscription. I think I, b- I believe yeah. it's just on like Tubi might have a subscription service, but almost all their content is just free. You just yeah, log on and watch it. So I'm not going to make a, a fourth category on here. For... Oh, well, I, I'm just saying like if people here stream with subscription. They think that I think you can just go on Tubi and watch it. I'm just yeah. saying like I think for free and, without and like signing up or anything. who knows about movie. Yeah, I don't know about those other ones. I think Plex is similar. Like you don't have to have an account or anything like that. Yeah, uh, I only know about these because I use them for good, bad or bad, bad quite a bit because a lot of bad <laughs> movies tend to be on there. Um, but yeah. Mm, yeah, those are all made up words. Yes. Um, otherwise, you can rent this for about four bucks from Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube or Voodoo. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to check this one out. So this is again, I've never seen this movie, but this is one of those ones that like uh, I anytime you look up like when we were doing like Fifty Shades of Grey, mm-hmm. like research and stuff during the prequel, this movie comes up constantly. Yeah. Um, for other facts that we'll get into in the episode, which is interesting, which I didn't want to spoil yet about like characters and names. <laughs> I don't know if you know any of the details. I may have seen something. <laughs> Yeah, but um, it seems very clear that uh, this movie was an inspiration for one uh, Erica. Oh, Erica. (laughs) Erica is truly the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, no, I'm interested to check this one out because like I said, it's actually got good reviews. It's supposedly a pretty good movie. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's supposed to be like the better version of Fifty Shades of Grey, supposedly. We'll be the judge of that. Yeah, we'll find out. We will find out. That's in one week's time. We're talking about Secretary until that time. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, and everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. And keep keep being being awesome. awesome.